the festive season is here. It's a time of joy and happiness. Seeing friends and family that we haven't seen all year who will no doubt comment on how much we've changed physically since we saw them last year. It's about sharing food and drink and feasting, dressing for summer, spending time by the pool, going to the beach, wearing swimmers. Whoa, wait. For those of us living with eating disorders and body image issues, that doesn't sound like joy or happiness at all. That sounds horrible. No wonder the Butterfly Helpline sees a spike in calls around this time every year. But that means that there is help out there, and there are some strategies you can put in place that can help you not just get through it, but to really enjoy it. This is the Butterfly Podcast from your friends at Butterfly, Australia's national voice for eating disorders and body image issues. I'm Sam Iken, and this episode is a festive season survival guide. It can be just so anxiety provoking. Especially being in Australia, it's a bit of a double whammy. We are, you know, wearing less clothes, we're going to the beach. Every time there's something. When it comes to food, there's always someone who who talks to you about something uh, food related where you like you, you start doubting yourself. I know how stressful it can be, especially coming from a cultural community where, you know, not only is food quite a, um, a staple in celebration and events like this, but as well as the conversations around mental health aren't necessarily as widespread or, or potentially understood. The festive season can be tough for people who are affected by eating disorders or body image issues. For the general population, it's known for an increase in feelings of loneliness, anxiety and depression, and all of those are triggers for eating disorders. It's all that expectation of fun and feasting and socialising. We're all supposed to love that, aren't we? You know, and those people yeah. who are struggling with an eating disorder. Um, you know, that's all the stuff that, that is just so challenging and that they are, they are fighting to enjoy, but it's not coming naturally. In Australia, where the season just happens to be at the height of summer, we tend to focus on going to the beach or hanging out at the pool. We are, you know, wearing less clothes, we're going to the beach. There might be feelings of, you know, thinking about your body in a different way and I guess... Um, being hammered with different ads about, you know, getting your summer body ready. And yeah, it's a really tricky time of year for people. We start to see family members and friends who we haven't seen all year, who just seem to always feel it's necessary to comment on how we look. There's always inter-family stress and there's, um, there's relationships that are not necessarily always healthy and... There's other problems that have nothing to do with anything else. You you get into a stressful state and you fall maybe possibly back into old patterns or new patterns, depending on where you're at. And then there's the massive focus on food and feasting. With the festive season comes a change in routine um, and this can create anxiety, particularly around you know, times that meals are served and you know, most people tend to indulge in this time of year and there's a feeling of pressure to having to do the same 
is quite uncomfortable. All the food and the, um, the expectation that you're going to be enjoying it. If you couldn't pick the accent, Nikki Wilson is from New Zealand. She's president of the Eating Disorders Association of New Zealand. She works full-time as a volunteer providing support for carers and advocating for improved eating disorder treatment for both patients and their families. Really, really tricky. You know, if somebody is ill with something else, whether it's a broken leg or some other physiological um, evident illness, it's that much easier for others to see and somehow society understands better. Nikki's also the vice chair of the international organisation known as FEAST, which stands for Families Empowered and Supporting Treatment for Eating Disorders. But when it's an eating disorder, that lack of comprehension of, of, of how hard it is for the person themselves, um, I think can make it more difficult because those around you are perhaps not being as understanding and supportive as they could be, not through any deliberate act on their part, just mm, truly a yeah. lack of understanding. You know, if there's been some weight gain or weight loss, then, you know, that's often a, a remark that people will make when they're connecting with other people. Sarah Bryan is a peer ambassador with SANE Australia, and she's worked with Butterfly on a few campaigns in the past. I have a lived experience of an eating disorder, um, and I currently work with people who are recovering from an eating disorder and uh, people that face mental health challenges. This is the time of year where the family gets together and, um, you know, if they haven't seen each other for a while, they might comment on, you know, body size or their appearance. It also coincides with, you know, the new year period where people talk about their resolutions for the year ahead. And I find, you know, a lot of people talk about weight loss in that sense. Um, that could be a goal of theirs. Also a lot of comments around, you know, at the, at the dinner table about, you know, how much food you're eating and, you know, how you've been naughty or bad because you've eaten so much food. And I think those things can be really triggering for people who are dealing with an eating disorder or are in eating disorder recovery. You completely forget, like, you've carved out your area um, and your uh, your way of eating uh, away from all that stress. And as soon as you're back in, in the family setting, you, you're this kid again and you're doing everything that you used to do. And it's not always good. You have to be really cognizant of not falling back into those patterns. My name is Dominic and I work as a computer nerd and I have lived experience with an eating disorder and feel like I have come out at the other end. Dominic's in recovery and he's really happy with where he is at the moment and he feels really comfortable in most situations but even he feels a little bit anxious when he thinks about Christmas and the festive season. Mixed feelings at this point I guess. Um, Everyone is different, obviously, when it comes to family or old patterns or new patterns and um, emotional eating and uh, possibly yeah. feeling overwhelmed. Um, I've moved away from my family a bunch of kilometers, so <laughs> I think our relationship is much better for it as well. Obviously, Christmas or, or the holidays has always been uh, wintry, so coming to Australia, this is so much better. I think this is 
such a good improvement to go into, onto the beach uh, uh, for the holidays and just soak in the sun. Uh, to me, that is perfect. I'm referring to this period as the festive season rather than the Christmas season or any other denominational kind of celebration because a large proportion of Australia's population don't celebrate Christmas, but at the same time still observe a celebration and a coming together of family and friends at around the same time. TJ's family comes from Sri Lanka and they do celebrate Christmas. It's a really important celebration for his family and you guessed it, it all revolves around food. When I first sort of think about this type of period of the year, Christmas time, end of the year, it's a huge time to celebrate. Um, and I think this year, especially, lots to, I guess, reflect on, be hopeful for and celebrate. Um, but I know for me, and, and speaking from my experience as well, it's also been quite a stressful time of the year. Um, and even in the lead up to it, because that's kind of what I'm trying to pre prepare for too. When I was doing woodwork at school, there was a massive sign on the workshop wall that said, an ounce of prevention is better than a ton of cure. And I've heard that saying applied to many, many situations. And as we approach Christmas, experts urge us to put more emphasis on preparation yet again. Michelle Sperling is the manager of treatment and support at Butterfly. It can be useful to plan about how someone is going to manage uh, prior to attending an event, maybe preparing a list of helpful strategies that they can refer to. We also would recommend um, for you to let a trusted person or people know how you're feeling. Tell them the ways that they might be able to support you leading up to the holiday season and on that particular day. And I think also um, if you are linked in with a treatment team, Staying in contact with your therapist, GP, dietitian in the lead up to the holiday season is also important in part of that preparation. Finding out when they will be around over this period and asking them to help uh, with some supports if they're going to be away. For Sarah, preparation is also really important. And for her, setting boundaries is something that she puts really high priority on. If you are going into, you know, an event or a lunch or, or dinner with with people who are likely to comment on maybe your body or, or weight, um, you know, maybe setting boundaries with them and being assertive. You know, you could say things like, I, I know you comment on my weight or my body because you care about me or you think that it's helpful, but, you know, it's not and I need you to stop. And this is a way you could sort of be assertive but also acknowledge that they aren't trying to hurt you because we know people can get defensive when they're being told that they're in the wrong you know, also, so you're talking about you're talking about honesty, being yeah, honest. Yeah, being honest. What? Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I know it does sound scary to you know speak your truth and tell someone, hey, this isn't acceptable. But we, as a society, not just our little groups, our family, our friends, but we, as a, as a society, need to do better and stop talking about bodies because it can be really harmful. To say that the festive season can be stressful is a bit of an understatement, really. A recent survey in North America reported 45% of respondents dreaded the festive season. They weren't just worried about it, they dreaded it. For Dominic, preparing for the season is essential. 
that comes down to everything about eating disorder. When is it okay to say no and when is it okay to say yes to anything food related? And it comes down to you finding a, a way to listen to your body, finding finding a way to feel confident around what you're feeling rather than what you're thinking you need um, and saying, okay, no, I'm, I'm hungry. I really want to do this. Uh, or um, I am happy to go there because I feel strong enough to say, no, I'm not going to touch this and that. And I'll be focusing on the human interactions rather than on this bloody food. Yeah, it's, it's really trying to find your, your confidence and, and being honest to yourself, really uh, understanding, okay, am I doing this because I feel like I'm going to feel better afterwards, which is you know, can borderline to disordered? Or is it because um, it's the right thing for me to do? With a little bit of preparation, TJ was able to use the family tradition of storytelling as a way of bringing them with him and turning his family into a big support network. A few years into my mental health journey and recovery as well, um, I think there were many conversations that I was having to, I guess, try and explain what my situation was and, and storytelling to, to me and I think within my culture as well kind of transcends language barriers. So for, for me, my, I, I speak English, however, my family speaks um, Sinhalese and I think it's um, sometimes there are um, messages that are lost in translation. Um, however, I think stories are able to transcend quite a few language barriers as well because you're also tr not necessarily trying to connect on, I don't know, a specific piece of information. You're also connecting on feelings, which I think um, I think are really valuable. So um, oh, absolutely, it was a lot of those, um, lo a lot of conversations about how I was feeling um, that kind of led me and my family to the point where we were able to support each other as well. It's really easy to feel as though you're in this alone. But one thing to remember is that most people in your family are there for you and want the best for you. As a carer and now a support worker for carers, Nikki encourages people to help their family prepare as best they can as well, so that it can be a happy time for everyone. Anybody who has a loved one with an eating disorder can step up and understand they have a role to do in supporting that individual. And for them to um, have as much knowledge as possible about how to support and reaching out and saying, what can I do to help? And I'm here for you. And being confident and, and calm and supportive is really, really important. And, and anticipating there will be triggers and being ready for those and being prepared and having a plan. So, for instance, knowing that there is going to be a whole lot of food that that individual might have difficulty eating for Christmas dinner with the entire extended family there and feeling watched and feeling, you know, under yeah. surveillance, whether or not they are, that is often a feeling. And um, just having a plan and knowing that you've got, somebody's got your back um, is something that could be done in preparation. Understanding that the festive season may not be experienced in the same way by all is a good starting point. So we would suggest um, for them to talk to their loved one about what they might be thinking or feeling or what might be challenging for them and together collaboratively try to problem solve uh, 
and get some practical ways to minimise the distress without avoiding events and, and creating anxiety. Um, also sort of resisting making comments in front of others about what your family member is eating, or how they appear. As, as mentioned earlier, supporting them to have some responses in advance. Dominic says he likes to suggest that his family take the emphasis off food, maybe just a little bit. Maybe don't have it everywhere. Like, it shouldn't be the centre of attention. Like, maybe find another thing that we can centre our attention around. Like, maybe we sit around a table that has a chessboard on it and, and we just talk and it's about talking rather than sitting together and eating. That's another option. We've been talking a lot about doing the right thing by yourself and listening to what you need and then responding to that. But what if what you need is to stay home and give that Christmas event a miss? Is that something that's okay? We're certainly not encouraging people to isolate, especially during this season where feelings of isolation and loneliness are so common. it's totally okay not to go because that's something that I definitely battle with myself, but I know that I'm, I'm not game yeah. enough to say no, but if you, if you feel brave and confident enough to not go, um, you know, my, my heart is off to you. Um, you know, we shouldn't have to do things that we don't want to do. And, and if you think that going to Christmas lunch or dinner, um, you know, isn't going to be good for your mental health, then, um, I really respect that and you know sometimes that can be the best thing to do is just distance yourself from those events and, and maybe say look we'll catch up after Christmas. If you couldn't go because you had a migraine something coming on or you you couldn't go because something happened to you, your child and, and they were unwell and, or whatever it may be that is your reason for not being able to go, I think the important thing is to be upfront about that um, and, and excuse yourself and in a timely manner and so on. You know, rather than once again going back to the situation where, you know, we're not able to be open and it's something that we perceive should be shameful. Um, rather than that, how about being able to say, you know what, I'm not going to be able to make it. I wish I could. I had a great time. And, um, look, I will come if I can, but I don't think I will, I will be able to make it. And, and I think that by being upfront, it's an advantage to everybody involved, including that individual who's making their excuses. There are other alternatives to whether it's, um, you know, creating a plan um, around how you might be engaging in a situation, whether it's, you know, totally um, maybe withdrawing from it, but for, you know, in a, in a positive and safe way, or kind of structuring it in a way where, you know, you might be able to, to come along or, or be a part of, you know, a certain part of the, the event or the celebration um, and taking some time within that, whether, you know, go for a walk with a friend or, um, you know, have a conversation on the phone with someone, but in a separate room. Um, I think there are different ways that um, we might be able to, I guess, respond in those situations in a way that is comfortable and safe for us it's good to make the point that it's okay to sit it out, as long as you're not choosing to isolate, which could well be your eating disorder coming into play. So rather than isolate, you might look for a more fun and less stressful alternative, preferably with other people who are more supportive. My mental health 
journey also revolved around um, really wanting to, to fit into the spaces that I was in and you know spaces that necessarily didn't reflect the person that I was but um, I still wanted to, to fit in so um, I think there are ways to um, really take stock of that and also acknowledge that everyone's situation is different and everyone's relationships um, with their family and their friends are going to be different as well. Like in, in, in my recovery, uh, for the longest time, I just didn't go to large gatherings uh, of foods just because I, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like I can cope with it. Um, and now I'm forcing myself into those uncomfortable moments because I know when I get over them, the, the next time it'll get easier and the next time it'll get easier. So it's, it's really starting to practice and breaking habits and, and, building my strength up. Um, at this point in my recovery, uh, I'm, I think I'm pretty good with, um, eating and around other people and just being happily very insistent on saying, Nope, um, I'm good. The alternative is to find support and to say, I'd really like to go along to that event. And I'm, and, um, I don't want to miss out because I'm worried about others reactions or, triggering circumstances, I'm going to see if I can um, develop a, a, a support structure that enables me to go. And yeah. how about that? So talking to some trusted people and saying, hey, this is going to be really hard for me, but I want to be there. These are some ways that you could assist me. Would you be willing to do that? And, um, you know, to have that, have that wingman, you know, that person beside you, whether it's your partner or your parent or your sister or brother or great mate um and and, and making again being prepared making a plan the festive season is considered one of the six most stressful life events it's right up there with divorce moving house changing jobs and a few others it's also a time for giving so why not give yourself a break and practice a little bit of self-care if you do have an increase in behaviours during the holidays. It's not the end of the world. Recovery is a journey. Think about the changes and the progress that you've already made. That's not gone. This is all part of the rise and the fall of the journey to recovery. It's normal to eat differently at this time of the year. Food is social and, and celebratory, and, and that is difficult for, for people experiencing an eating disorder. But um, it, is, it is important to remember that, that it is normal to, to be eating differently. And I guess just one final comment on, on preparation is to be extra kind to yourself and plan some self-care activities in the lead-up to the holiday season. Maybe even think about a nice gift or treat that you could um, give to yourself. And most importantly, treat yourself with, with kindness and compassion too. Um, you know, it's okay to step back and take a break and not engage. I think that's very valid. So, um, yeah, engaging in mindfulness. Um, I don't know if you've got some positive affirmations you might want to say in your head. Um, you know, I am worthy. Yeah. I, um, you know, my value does not lie in, in my weight or my appearance. Um, yeah, I think they're little things that you can do. I really believe that those of us who are in the know have got a responsibility to be um, to, to be 
telling the story as it is and getting the message out there and you know one person at a time and what we're better to start than, than with close family and friends. Over the past 12 months almost 30,000 contacts have been made to Butterfly's national helpline which provides support over the phone via email and through web chat seven days a week. So for those of us who aren't around a support network or something to fall back on. Remember, the Butterfly Helpline is there to help. It's open seven days a week, except for Christmas Day, Boxing Day and New Year's Day. So if you think you might have to reach out, it's better to do so sooner rather than later. Please reach out for support, whether it be with a friend, a family member, our national helpline, um, because it is fundamental to get that support and not have to feel like you're going through this alone. The number for the National Helpline is 1800 334673. Easy way to remember that, 1800 ED Hope. You can chat online or you can send an email to support at butterfly.org.au. If you go to the website butterfly.org.au, there's heaps of recovery resources, including tip sheets for people with lived experience as well as friends and carers, which might come in really handy around the festive season. And if you're looking for the support networks that we were talking about before, have a look at Butterfly's online support groups. Go to the website, click Get Support, and look for online support groups. They can make all the difference for you over the festive season. The Butterfly Podcast is an Icon Media production for the Butterfly Foundation. It's written, produced, edited, and hosted by Sam Icon. That's me, with the assistance of Camilla Beckett and Belinda Kerslake. Theme music is from Cody Martin and some additional music from Breakmaster Cylinder. Huge, heartfelt thanks go to our guests, Sarah, Dominic, TJ, Michelle Sperling and Nikki Wilson. And if you know someone you think might get some value from these podcasts, please share this series with them. It's available in all the podcast places.